Welcome to Market Scale Healthcare. I'm your host, Sean Heath, and today I have the opportunity to have a conversation with the president of Elite Two Consulting, Nikki Kashner. Nikki, how are you today? Hi, I'm well. Good morning. Thank you for having me. So, w- would you do me a favor and give me the elevator version of how you arrived at Elite Two Consulting? Sure, absolutely. So, I've been an orthopedic physician's assistant for the past 18 years. And seeing the surgical side of orthopedics for so long, it it became very evident to me that there is a large gap of regenerative medicine, a large gap of procedures that our patients are not being offered. Um, And I think the use of orthobiologics and the use of stem cells to treat our patients, not only in the hospital setting and, and in adjuncts to our surgical interventions, but also in place of some of our surgeries. You know, right now we're offering our patients cortisone, physical therapy. If they don't get better, we give them surgery. I think we can do a lot better than that. And stem cell therapy and the use of orthobiologics definitely fits that void. So let's take a very pragmatic approach here from the beginning. When you use words like orthobiologics and stem cells, that sounds like the type of medical um, attention that someone in the very high tax bracket would have access to. Explain to me how you're approaching that challenge. And that's how it's been for a very long time. You'll notice you Google stem cell therapy. First person that comes up is Heinz Ward, Kobe Bryant. Uh, These professional athletes who are able to pay top dollar for their medical treatment are able to get these cutting edge therapies. Well, we've been able to do a lot better than that. And we're able to offer this to the general, the general public. Now, a large obstacle that we're definitely having is insurances are not covering this. We do have FDA clearance for this for our bone marrow procedures. However, it's not covered by insurances. And what a lot of physicians that I work with say is, Here at our practice, we are not going to allow insurances dictate how we treat our patients. So we're going to educate our patients on the importance of you healing you. And that's exactly what stem cell therapy is. We're taking adult stem cells, your stem cells, and we are mobilizing them to to the area of, of injury. That is a quite ethical approach and somewhat of a novel approach to the healthcare system saying that you won't allow insurance to dictate how you treat and heal your patients. It sounds new, but it shouldn't be new, right? That should be the way it's done already. Absolutely. And I can tell you now it's not. Um, Insurances tell our providers what to treat our patients with, how often to treat it, what kinds of diagnostic testing they're allowed to get. And I use allowed in quotes. Um, it, it takes all of the doctoring out of it. And we're, we're really slaves as medical practitioners to insurances. And we need to get back to personalized medicine, to concierge medical service, ma- allowing the physician and the other healthcare providers to make the decisions on the best course of treatment for our, for our patients. And that's currently not the state, especially in orthopedics, that we're, that we're, that we're dealing with. So let's talk a, just a moment about orthobiologics. I'm really interested in, and I'm going to be honest, you mentioned bone marrow 
a moment ago and a little bit of a chill ran down my spine. That is a super scary medical term right up there with uh, dental drill. Those that just really makes me super nervous. So bring it back, if you would, to take some of my fear away and and put that into normal, regular person terms. Explain to me a little bit about how that can be used to help the average person. Absolutely. Our body's normal response to healing and and injury is by mobilizing stem cells from our marrow space to the area of injury to heal the wound. Now, as we age, our body continues to create stem cells uh, primarily in our in our our ilium in our in our pelvis, we get stem cells from multiple areas in our body, but the largest quantity and quality of those cells are from the from the patient's pelvis. Um, and as we age, we continue to make stem cells. Our body just does not mobilize those cells to the area of injury. So when we're talking about bone marrow derived stem cell therapy, we're talking about mechanically sourcing cells from the area where they're made to the area of injury. Now, this is not your traditional bone marrow biopsy. This is not your drilling. This is nothing along those lines. So we do this in an outpatient setting. Uh, we, we numb the area very, very well. The patient should have no more discomfort than a two to four out of 10 on a pain scale. So it's completely different than what you're thinking in your mind. Holy moly, we're going to have to drill into the patient's hip. We need to be in a surgical setting. Um, the, the providers are trained in tech, in the technique of the aspiration, and we can usually do this in well under 10 minutes. So it's a very quick, uh, a very quick procedure where we're able to obtain a large amount of, of adult stem cells from the same patient, which really just you healing you. We're exactly mimicking and duplicating the body's natural ability to heal itself. Now, you mentioned that the stem cells are harvested from the pelvic girdle. Is that because it's such a large bone mass or is there some other uh, scientific reason that the stem cells are created in such quantity there? It's the most plentiful bone. It's easiest to access. We're able to get the highest quantity and quality of stem cells through through the ilium. We 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 have gotten from the from the sternum. There's a couple other you know your proximal humerus, which is your shoulder bone, or um, in the in the tibia, which is your shin bone. But uh, it's a little bit tougher to access, and the cell counts overall are not nearly as high as when you're as when you're getting them from the from the pelvis. Are ones that are harvested from your shoulder or from your tibia, or are they the same stem cells? They're just fewer. Correct. Exactly. Exactly. And the results that we're that we're getting with our patients is directly dependent on the number of stem cells that we're able to aspirate. So the technique of the draw, the device that you're using to aspirate it, and and also where you're getting it from is very important. Your results, your clinical outcomes, giving your patients the best chance to have a favorable outcome depends on the quantity of stem cells per cc that you're able to aspirate. So the body's natural healing process is to transport stem cells, I would assume from the nearest in uh, area to the injured area. That's probably the normal procedure. Yep. You have found a way to give some help to transport larger, more concentrated amounts of these stem cells to a musculoskeletal injury. 
That's exactly right. That's exactly right. As the body heals along a healing cascade, we allow the body to jump out of inflammation and now into regeneration and proliferation, which tends to heal heal that wound. If we think about osteoarthritis of the knee, that cartilage, the osteoarthritis, the, the, the cartilage begins to fail because of a lack of blood supply. You know, an injury can happen too, but, but you know, injuries in orthopedics happen due to a lack of blood supply. And when you take a mesenchymal stem cell and you put it in an area where we call hypoxic, which is a, basically a dead bone, a hostile environment, that mesenchymal stem cell thrives in that hostile environment and it starts to duplicate. And what it does is it creates a signaling effect where other cells come in and transform that joint from inflammation to proliferation and regeneration. And you know, you'll hear a lot of terms, regenerative medicine. Regenerative medicine really encompasses a large group of therapies, stem cell therapy being at the heart of that. As we get older and these new stem cells are created, do the stem cells have an age or are the stem cells created in a 60-year-old person the same quality and strength and lifespan of a stem cell of someone who's in their 20s? Absolutely not. That's a great, that's a, that's a great question. As we age, the quality and the quantity of our stem cells both decline. Um, but we're able to, with certain mechanisms, harvest a large amount out of the ileum to, to show clinical significance. So we've done studies even in upwards of 80, year, you know, 80 years of age, we've been able to harvest a large amount of, of quality mesenchymal stem cells to show clinical significance. There are so many challenges that the healthcare industry is experiencing right now. One of those is the opioid crisis. And that wouldn't be a natural topic for regenerative medicine, but I think it should be because that really is an issue that can be affected positively by healthcare in general. Tell me a little bit about the fact that this treatment is so conservative and how it can help address that problem. The, the op- opioid crisis, you know, this is a, a large problem in, in America. It's only getting, getting worse. And if we look at what percentage of our population who have an, a, de- a, a dependency, a pill dependency, the majority of these patients have had surgical intervention. They have had a lumbar fusion. They've had a total knee replacement followed by a knee revision. These patients have had multiple surgical interventions that have failed. So if we can treat these patients conservatively prior to that whole cascade of, you know, a discectomy followed by a lumbar fusion, followed by another lumbar fusion, followed by chronic pain control, let's try to get these patients better earlier. Let's try to prevent that whole cascade from happening. And surgery should be our last resort. And I don't think in America right now, surgery is our last resort. I think we have a a large options of regenerative treatment that are um, the majority of our healthcare providers are not offering their patients. So we need to educate, be educated as, as a patient as to the options that are, that are out there, but also as, as to providers, as far as what patient population we're treating and educating our patients on really their, their, their options. Um, I know just in dealing with the surgical patient, a lot of our patients aren't, aren't aware of the risks of surgery uh, at the downsides of surgery. And I think that's, 
That's very, very important. Patients need to be need to be educated on that. And I can tell you, our patients are more educated now than they have ever been. And they're coming and asking for certain treatments. I had a physician call me the other day and said, I've had five people ask me how to get stem cell therapy. I have no idea how to do it. (laughs) So this is brand new. And the more educated our patients are, they're going to be asking their physicians for it, which I commend. I I commend the United States for that. As this technique and this medical knowledge develops, do you think that it will just naturally be one of those scientific discoveries that is adopted across the board? Everybody's just going to do it because it's the best thing to do? You know, I think it almost has to be. Regenerative medicine, you know, as far as our our downside to it, the complications, the risk profile, the risk benefit ratio, it's a home run. Um, you know, it doesn't lock our patients into a, into a box and says, listen, let's try a stem cell derived therapy. Let's try a cell based therapy on this patient. If they don't get any relief, then okay, let's move on to more advanced surgery, you know, more advanced treatments. But why not try it? If we can get a certain percentage of patients, we almost complete relief of their symptoms, it's worth a try. The risk benefit profile is worth a try. And I think insurance companies are going to catch on to this and say, listen, how much money can we save by preventing our patients from going, um, you know, from going under a lumbar fusion and having a subsequent surgeries after that? It can be very cost effective for an insurance company once they're uh, knowledgeable of the treatment and the benefits of it. Now, I would imagine as part of the development or ramping up of this knowledge that you're probably involved in several clinical studies. And I would hope that you're seeing, and I would assume that you're seeing positive outcomes. What are you seeing in regards to pain or function and the results that you're getting in some of these studies without giving away too many secrets? It's a very, very exciting time, and we are at the very forefront of this. So right now, there's a huge gap between the innovators in this field who are doing the trialing and doing the studies for us and the general population. But we have many studies going on, especially in the orthopedic world, showing efficacy for discogenic back pain, patients with chronic back back injury, Um, patients with what they call failed back syndrome, where they've tried multiple treatments and have failed. Um, We've seen a lot of efficacy with that. Um, uh, Knee knee osteoarthritis, your rotator cuff, your rotator cuff injuries. But I think the future really holds and we're not there yet, but the future holds some treatments as far as, uh, you know, your autoimmune, your Lyme disease, your rheumatoid, your multiple sclerosis. I think we will get there in the future. We're not there yet. We're tapping really hard right now into the orthopedic sector and looking to get clinical outcome studies on those patients. But there's, there's no doubt the, you know, the horizon is, is, is definitely, definitely, I guess I should say the world is our oyster as far as, you know, these new therapies are involved. That's a very interesting statement with regard to autoimmune diseases, COPD, Lyme disease. It sounds as if the human body might already possess the ability to heal itself from these diseases if the body could survive the diseases long enough for the body to self-heal. Did I understand that right? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think in, you know, 20 years, even, even longer, we're going to, we're going to be just dumbfounded that we did so many joint replacements and throw in so many pedicle screws. 
there's a much easier way. I think we can do better than what we're currently doing. I think it's worth a try. Okay. So for the final question, obviously I have to ask, um, I've never been able to dunk a basketball <laughs> and I don't really have any lower leg injuries or, or history of injuries, few twisted ankles. So it sounds like you're saying there's a chance <laughs> that I could have this therapy done on maybe my ankles or my knees and then I could dunk a basketball. Is that what you're saying? That's probably not what you're saying. <laughs> that is absolutely not what I'm saying. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Absolutely not. And it's, it's important to not make false claims, but it's also important to recognize the how much good we can do our patients and how important it is to educate the medical community on stem cell therapy. And, you know, also if I, if I can just talk a little bit about the draw itself is definitely not as painful and definitely not what you're thinking about your bone marrow biopsies that you've heard of in the past. This is one tiny poke in the ileum in your, in your pelvis. And we're able to harvest those, those stem cells in about 10 minutes. So a very comfortable procedure uh, that has the potential to do a lot of, a lot of good. One more technical question. If you're able to harvest, you say a small amount, are you then able to duplicate those to, to have them self replicate or you only need a small amount to be effective. So we don't ever culture those cells. Okay. We take them out and we put them back in. We don't, we don't manipulate the cells at all. We don't centrifuge them down. We just take the cells out and put them directly back in. So you're getting the entire complement of cells that's needed to transition into that healing cascade to transition into proliferation and regeneration. So when that mesenchymal stem cell gets into that hostile environment and it starts to recruit other growth factors and other cytokines to come and start and start to heal, that cell itself will duplicate and duplicate and duplicate. Yes. So I always picture it as a Navy SEAL. And when I give my webinars, I have a picture of, uh, you know, of, we're in the forest and it says there's five Navy SEALs in this picture. You can't see any of them. So it's kind of exactly what your mesenchymal stem cell is. It's there and it's creating a change, but you just can't necessarily see it. There's, it's, it's changing the whole environment of the joint of the back, wherever we're placing it. It's changing that whole, that whole environment to a more proliferative, regenerative environment. I'm not going to lie and say that the phrase bone marrow doesn't still creep me out. Uh, we did not achieve that, <laughs> but I do think I'm much smarter about stem cells, what they could possibly do and what they can already do. And thanks for sharing so much information about this procedure and this approach. Today, I've had the pleasure of having a conversation with the president of Elite Two Consulting, Nikki Kashner. Nikki, thanks so much for taking the time today. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to this episode of our podcast. If you'd like to find out more or listen to previous episodes, go to marketscale.com slash industries. And if you have a chance, subscribe to the MarketScale publications for the latest articles, videos, and podcasts from your favorite industries.